It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the Atop the Pitbox podcast presented by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com, your Lake of the Ozark vacation experts. On this episode, we are going to touch on all things California and look ahead to this weekend's race in Sin City, Las Vegas. Got Josh and Justin here with me. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Zach. Doing good, Zach. The last time we spoke, I was on a beach. Now I'm back in cold Omaha. It's not as not as nice. It's, it's right where back. you belong. Yeah, unfortunately. It was it was nice while it lasted. Before we get into the episode, just want to uh, just start by thanking you for listening. We truly appreciate having you guys be a part of the league and part of the uh, the podcast. If you would like to show some support to the show and the league, we do have t-shirts for sale for only $20. You can go to topthepitbox.com and see all of the, the colors that are available and the design that we have. So uh, get your gear to support the show. Last week on the show, we talked about the NASCAR community, how awesome it is, how supportive it is. So we wanted to take a second to shout out a couple of podcasts that are put out by people that are in the league. And these these people have, have helped support the league. They have referred people to our league. So just wanted to give them a shout out. Obviously, we all like podcasts, and these are good ones to check out. So we're going to start with the Goats Sports Podcast. On this one, every week, Brian will recap and cover all sports news happenings, everything from NFL to PGA to NASCAR, giving you the stats and a little comedy in each episode. Nothing but a fan's view and opinion. That's the GOATS Sports Podcast. The next one is D's Lug Nuts. These guys have been super supportive. We've been on their podcast to promote the league. Uh, interacted with them on Twitter. These guys are awesome. They run a podcast that is dedicated to short track racing with a little hillbilly twist. You get perspective from the casual fans, students of the sport, pit crews, drivers, radio personalities, TV names, and more. They've had a lot of up and coming drivers on their uh, on their episodes. So check out these lug nuts. The Pit Wall Podcast. This is three racers talk all things circle track racing. They talk current racing and racing history with all types of racers. The next one's not a NASCAR podcast, but still really interesting. It's called Two Drunk Dudes in a Gun Room. So great name. And this is a podcast from Doug and Don, who are two retired veterans, and they try to help prevent veteran suicide through laughter. They discuss everything from the days of old to current events affecting veterans today. They have special guests that will keep it interesting. So that's, again, two drunk dudes in a gun room. And then the last one, for all you gamblers out there, we've got the Flag Hunting Pod. This is a gambling podcast focused on NASCAR and golf betting markets. Listen in as they break down the race and tournaments of the weekend and give their favorite outright and prop bets. So for the gamblers, again, that's Flag Hunting Pod. Check out these podcasts, show them some support, and uh, check out their episodes. So with that being said, let's move into our NASCAR news and free agency. And Zach, we're going to start with some information around 
the 2311 team. So the 2311 racing president, Steve Lalletta, had a recent interview and said that they do want to expand their stable, but they need to find the right drivers, sponsor, crew chief, etc. with the biggest piece of the puzzle being the charter that they would have to buy. We've talked about the charter process in previous podcasts. Uh, this is a very hot topic in NASCAR right now with the new TV contract coming up. Denny Hamlin is very outspoken about this. He wants NASCAR to keep the charter system in place. Uh, essentially, that is the true value or, or the most valuable asset these teams have besides the cars themselves. Um, so bringing this up, Denny Hamlin's a free agent next year. So this kind of ties in with each other. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, it sounds like they'd have to, the biggest piece of the puzzle is, is that charter piece. And, and who knows how many charters are available next year. And then the other piece of news was in relation to the Auto Club Speedway. And we talked on last week's podcast about why NASCAR would choose to tear this track down and, and move it into a short track. And last week we had some interesting news come out in relation to that. Yeah, it's funny how we bring stuff up and then basically the next day, you know, the news news comes out for it. So the Sports Business Journal announced last Friday that NASCAR sold 433 acres of the 522-acre race site that Auto Club Speedway sits on. To put that in perspective, uh, Bristol sits on 670 acres and Martinsville sits on 340 acres. So the roughly 89 acres that Auto Club is keeping doesn't appear to be very big at all. Uh, NASCAR has declined to comment on anything regarding this, which seems really fishy to me. It just seems like they're trying to keep this thing kind of hush-hush uh, and, and very odd, and it's an absolute shame that they are getting rid of this racetrack. So I think I did see something on Twitter that the they came out and said that they're going to lease the parking lot part of it. So I don't know if that changes the thought of you know is this big enough for a short track or or what they're doing but sounds like that might that 89 acres might just be what they own where the track is and then they would lease everything else out, lease, like around yeah. it so facilities right. and and whatever else yeah I, I again it just seems it just seems really weird how they've gone about this process um and with that race that we saw there and the racing we historically see at auto club it's just a real shame that they're they're getting rid of the racetrack as we know it today so let's talk about about the race. I I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on on what you saw on Sunday. Well, let's just put it to you this way: California reminded me of why I love that racetrack so much. The restarts restarts were wild. Cars were going three, four, five wide. There there was that nine car wreck in stage two, which was unfortunate and took out some really fast cars. But in my opinion, the fastest two cars were there battling at the end for the win. And the winner, who in my opinion is a top five, maybe even a top two talent in NASCAR right now, Kyle Busch got the job done in his second race with RCR, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I think I I was going to be shocked if you didn't like this race. Because as I was watching, and I don't know if this is kind of what you you envision when you kind of knocked, I know we gave you crap last year about 
no passing and and lanes and things like that. And maybe this is what you were wanting or what you were you know envisioning. But the the multiple grooves, it was nice to see not two cars just running, you know, neck and neck and and in, in two lines. But what I really stood out to me, what really stood out to me was the ability for cars to go to the back and then make a move up front. So Kyle Bush, Martin Truex, both dropped to the back, was able to work their way back up to the front. So that passing piece was was definitely fun. And I was I was thinking of you while I was watching it. I was like, Dak must really be be enjoying this if I'm picking up on this. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Josh. I, I just love the fact that there's multiple grooves. It's a driver racetrack. The track was worn out or it is worn out. So these able these drivers are able to use their talents. They can use the high line. They can use the bottom line. Uh, it, it just makes for a very entertaining race. And, and it's fun for the drivers as well. All the drivers that were interviewed said that they hate seeing this racetrack off the schedule. It's one of their favorite tracks to go to because they can actually show their talents uh, and, and they've got to be really good with their cars because of how you know slick that racetrack is. So I think California, this race in particular, will go down as one of the top five races this year per uh, Jeff Gluck's poll. Um, and, and again, just a fantastic race for, for us fans to watch at home. You mentioned it before, Kyle Busch, who took the lead late in the final stage away from Chastain, who at, up to that point, was the dominant car, uh, led the most laps, won the first two stages, but he couldn't hold off Kyle Busch. And then the last maybe 10 to 12 laps, Chase Elliott kind of made a run at him, uh, but just wasn't wasn't fast enough or didn't have enough time to, to catch him. And so Kyle Busch overcomes a pit road speeding penalty in stage two and wins in his second points race with his new team. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, and so if you think about it, that's the most consecutive seasons with the win now for Kyle Busch. He's had 19 consecutive seasons with the win, and he just set the record. Uh, I think he took it over from Richard Penny and one other driver. So it just shows you. I mean, he he's won for a very long time on in NASCAR. So a uh, pretty cool record to see. Uh, a confident Kyle Busch is just an extremely dangerous driver. And you think about uh, the clash. He was fast at the clash. He was fast at his duel at Daytona. He was leading the Daytona 500 on the 500th mile. Caution came out. You saw how the overtimes went, but he was still fast there. And then he goes to Auto Club. And, you know, him and Chastain, in my opinion, were the two fastest cars there. So just a really good start of the start of the season for Kyle Busch at RCR. And, and we kind of talked about it on our season preview show. We, we were curious to see if if they struggled early in the season, if that was going to kind of derail any type of momentum or or kill his chances of being a good fantasy driver. Well, I think that's that's pretty much been answered for us already with how dominant he has been and how fast he has been up to this point. We'll see if he can keep that trend going. But to me, a, a confident Kyle Busch is an extremely dangerous race car driver in regards to just knocking off top fives and top tens. And uh, I, I saw today Bob Pockress, his video from Las Vegas or from uh, California at the end of that race, he thinks Kyle Busch wins five, six, seven races this year with how fast he's been so far. I'm not willing to go that far yet, but I just think it shows you that, you know, the NASCAR media and, and people who work in the industry 
think that this is opening the floodgates for Kyle Busch and he is set to have a dominant season this year. Did we underestimate the stress and distraction that his contract was last year? I think that played a huge part in how bad he struggled there toward the end of the season. Now, granted, uh, for whatever reason, he was blowing, you know, the engines were blowing at Joe Gibbs racing, which never happens. And he just had a lot of bad luck there, but I really do think the pressure was getting to him. And I mean, if you put yourself in his shoes, he's raced with an organization, basically his entire racing career minus, you know, starting at Hendrick and you don't know where you're going. You've also got a race team that you have to run and think about and try to line up sponsorships for that. So I think it, it was a tremendous burden on him. And, and now that, you know, that's done for, um, man, all the pressure's off and he's just out there racing, uh, basically with house money. And I think he's shown so far, uh, what he can do when, when that pressure is off. Even when he was getting interviewed at the end or after he won, he looked relaxed. He looked like he was actually having fun again. It's a different, different demeanor at the end there. Yeah. And if, if you watched him, you know, get out of the car after his burnouts, normally the fans are just booing him so loud and everywhere. And if you listen to the fans, there were so many cheers that even Tony Stewart said, man, you don't hear a lot of booze. So I think, <laughs> I think a lot of the fans just realized how much pressure he was under and the kind of the crappy situation that he, that he was in last year. And there's a lot of people that were really excited for him. There was a, you know, Chase Elliott, uh, Kyle Larson both came out and said that they were pumped to see Kyle, Kyle Bush win. So I think, I think this win was, was really good for the sport. And like I said, we'll see, we'll see if this opens the floodgates for Kyle Bush moving forward in 23. So Kyle Bush was the fastest. The other uh, fastest car was Ross Chastain and track house with another strong performance. Chastain and Suarez finished third and fourth. Ross won both stages and led the most laps. So another good outing from track house track house surprised everybody last year with how strong they were and they are picking up right where they left off chastain and suarez have been fast all year long to this point and they're contending weekly for the win so uh track house racing is definitely going to be a force to reckon with here for the rest of the year and you know again you talk about pressure and chastain and suarez re-signed them to, to contract extension. So who knows, maybe that pressure was weighing on them a little bit last year, more so Suarez than Chastain, but maybe that helps them, you know, knock off extra wins this year too, with that pressure taken off. Yeah. The teams have shown that they believe in them and they're, they're rewarding them because Suarez, like you said, did not have a very good year last year and really underperformed, especially compared to Ross Chastain. So seeing him, run fast the first two races has got to be really encouraging and and uh justin marks probably feels good about about giving him his uh extension so uh the other storyline was uh martin truex and his adventurous day that looked eerily similar to last year as a martin truex fan as i was watching that race i just could not believe that is it was happening again <laughs> So huge shout out to MTJ for, for battling all day. Uh, he was the first, he's the first driver this year to actually lose a tire on the track. And we saw how that new penalty system uh, took place. Uh, he had to sit on pit road for two laps. So he went two two laps down early on, 
uh, and he still came back. He battled. He he hung in there. He you know stayed with it, and he ended up finishing eleventh. So kudos to him for for not just giving up and and uh, throwing you know waving the white towel or waving the white flag per se. Uh, but again, these are the same mistakes that his pit road crew or his pit crew were making last year. And, and they're making them again this year. So hopefully they can get this fixed. I do know that his pit crew from from last year is no longer um, his pit crew. He took over, or Kyle Bush's crew uh, went to, to Martin Truex, and, and Bush had a really fast crew. So hopefully this is just an odd situation and kind of a one-off. But, um, again, a really fast car, and it was kind of derailed with the issues on pit road. So he's going to lose two pit crews for four weeks right yep and so it's with the first incident or first incidents of this this new rule do you like it do you are you in favor of it in favor of it after one week yes and no it's it's a bummer that he got penalized you know two laps had to go two laps down right away i mean if you if that's at a short track or or anything like that i mean that could completely derail your race uh, with that being said, though, it's a safety aspect. You've got to make sure that these tires stay on the car. Uh, so I think I think it's it's doing its job from that standpoint. But I do like that, you know, how the crew chief isn't automatically suspended for four races. I really like how they've kind of ratcheted that back down. Instead of the crew chief, it's now, you know, pit members, um, depending on the level of penalty. So I do like it from that standpoint. Seems more fair this way. I agree. So to recap, we've got stage one and two, one by Chastain, also led the most laps, gets the bonus points there, and your winner was Kyle Busch. So we like the race. Seems like everybody, the drivers like the race. I'm assuming we had a pretty good result from Jeff Gluck's poll. You are correct. So Jeff Gluck's poll, as of... Five ten minutes ago, it was ninety point three percent of fans said yes, it was a good race. That is the number one race so far this year, and the Auto Club race last year was roughly ninety one point five percent. So very very close in regards to those two numbers. And to put that in perspective, the Auto Club race last year finished number three overall. So I think this Auto Club race is going to go down as a top five race in two thousand twenty three. We said last week that 90% was that mark of a great race. And we're right at that 90.3 kind of fits into kind of fits into what we've uh, been seeing and and hearing from the, from the drivers and fans. So makes, makes a lot of sense. All right. Now let's get into our fantasy discussion with our commissioner. Mr. Norton is going to go over our results. All right. Uh, So first I want to give a shout out to our, Twitter followers. I got to say yesterday's live tweeting was uh, really fun with all the interaction we had with everyone. So I hope everyone's enjoying it and keep that interaction going. Uh, So real quick, going through yesterday's race, our fantasy team average was 68 points, which is a low for Auto Club Speedway last year. The low was 70. So pretty close, but beats that. And uh, the high at, at Auto Club Speedway was 139 this year. Uh, 137 was the the high score. So uh, that was by better than second at JoJo Wagers. Our buddy from D's Lug Nuts gets that 137 point reward for Auto Club Speedway. 
And uh, the low by Team Nailed It at Stewart underscore 88 on Twitter with seven points. Uh, and that seven points, if you guys recall, was the low for the entire season last year, paid out that bonus. We've already hit that at week two. So um, low score last year at Auto Club Speedway was 25 points. So I think we had, I want to say about 10 people uh, beat the 25 points this week at Auto Club Speedway. So certainly a lot of low scores coming in from there. Um, our top 10 as they run after Auto Club is Adam Hotz in first place, up 20. He's tied with Travis Kreese, who's up 10. Nancy Kretschy is third. Nailed it. The team we just mentioned that had the low score is up 63 spots to fourth place. Reno drops three. He's the only person in our top 10 that, uh, that's, that dropped any positions. And he's in fifth place. Linda Boyson is sixth. Pat Brosnahan is up 19 points to seventh place. Adam Studer, number one. That's a familiar face in the top 10 again. He's up 54 spots to eighth. Team Malibu at D Chambers 72 on Twitter is up 37 spots to ninth. And CDB up 11 spots to 10. So that's our, our top 10 as they run after Auto Club. Uh, we've got three guys now with weeks at first. It's Bryce Michaels. He was in the lead last week. And then the tie with Travis Priest and Adam Holtz. Our biggest risers this week for Auto Club. And <laughs> the movers were uh, big to say the least. Everybody was around that 100 position move. So our biggest risers go to Cy Hall number two. That's, uh, that's Dale Fink. He's, he's been in our league for a while. He moved up 117 spots from 183rd place to 66th. Uh, Richard Rainey moved up 101 spots from 136 to P35. Kicking Asphalt and Millard F's wife. Uh, both of those guys moved up 96 points. Uh, Kicking Asphalt was in 114. He's up to 18th now. And Millard F's wife was at 136. He's up. They are up to uh, 40th position. Uh, moving into the biggest fallers. Again, all over 100 positions moved. Better than second. We've already mentioned him once. We'll mention him again. At JoJo Wagers on Twitter from D's Lug Nuts, JoJo dropped 145 positions. He was 46th last week. Ooh. He is now 191st out of 207. Uh, Crazy Dale number two out of Harlan. Dropped 123rd, dropped 123 spots from 26th place to 149th. And Big Sandwich dropped 116 positions from P53 to P169. Man. <laughs> Just that a little is, bit uh... of movement. All right. So, one other thing, our plan was to, uh, give a shout out to any new members in the league this year, but we ended up with 97 new members. So uh, we can't do that, but what we will do each week is shout out the top 10 rookies. And this week, your top 10 is nailed it. We've mentioned him a couple times at Jay Lee Stewart underscore 88. He's in fourth position. Reno at NASCAR knack is in P five. Pat Brosnahan P seven team Malibu. At D Chamber 72 is P9. 
Your fifth best rookie is CB, CDB in P10. Sixth is Mark Martin Motorsports in P11. Seventh is Barry McCalkiner in P14. Eighth is Caleb Nicholson in P15. Ninth best rookie is Mall Motor, Motorsports. That's at Ryan Mall 38. He's in P17. And your 10th best rookie right now is Kicking Asphalt. And they are in P18. And just as a reminder, we do pay out a bonus for Rookie of the Year. I would say the the number one storyline from from this week has got to be the the crazy amount of movement between either teams, you know, rising and falling. Those are some some pretty large swings, which I guess you got to expect expect in early in the year. Second week right after Daytona, which we know Daytona's not a great indication of how the fantasy teams look. So it, it's not a big surprise that we've got a lot of movement, but with 207 people in the league and you've got people moving by over a hundred spots, that's, that's pretty crazy. If this is how it's going to be every single week, we have a heck of a season to look forward to depending on what side your team falls in, because the number of teams moving rising and falling is incredible and just you're talking a hundred spots that's half of the entry pool or half of the number of entries that's incredible we uh we mentioned it before adam Holtz and uh travis crease is the other leader for for the week um they were the previous leader bryce michaels number two felt from number one to 35th still respectable out of 207 entries Reno and Nancy Krejci were the only ones to stay in the top 10 from last week. So we had two, 10, or we had eight new teams in the top 10, which just speaks to that crazy amount of movement up and down. And uh, do you, Nord or Zach, want to take the, uh, the next storyline? I'm sure you'll get a little bit of joy out of this. I'll take it. Yep. Okay, go uh, ahead. Uh, so, so last year, Josh, the man, the myth, the legend, had had a few teams in pretty well. I think maybe a few in the top 10 even. Um, this year, after two weeks into the season, 207 people in this. <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned that. 207. And he is 207th place. So congrats that, to you, Josh. That's, that's pretty good. Only one person can do that. And uh, so... We're going to start looking at bigger, biggest fallers from last season. And we're just going to keep yeah. you on that list. <laughs> going that from just best means, to worst. Hey, there's a lot of season left, but I will, uh, I will accept my last place. And I'll have to talk to Nancy about how she handles uh, being at the bottom <laughs> of the standings. So maybe she Jeez. can give me some pointers. Um, and vice versa. And, now she's up there with you. Yeah, just enjoy it because it, it can flip in a matter of uh, a week. So. You might want to ask her how to pick a team. <laughs> that's that's harsh, man. <laughs> so we had our first swaps of the year. We had one team swap out Ryan Priest for Ross Chastain. It was a pretty big difference in points between those two drivers, but he only submitted his team with 73 points. So he had a little bit of room to wiggle room, I guess you could say. And so he makes that swap for Ross Chastain. And then the other swap was uh, Noah Gragson was swapped out for AJ Allmendinger. So thoughts on 
on those. Ross Chastain for Ryan Priest makes sense. That that team obviously had a buffer. Uh, you might as well use it. Chastain's he, he's had a really good season so far, and I think he's obviously going to have a strong season the rest of the year. So that made sense. Logic there, in my opinion, uh, having 73 points, uh, he's got that buffer, and I think he was just kind of trying to jump on the hottest driver at the time. So I think that that trade makes sense. And then trading out Noah Gregson for A.J. Allmendinger makes sense as well. I think A.J. is going to outperform uh, Gregson moving forward, especially when it comes to the road course races the rest of the year. So I'm not I'm not surprised by that, but it is a little early to, uh, to be trading drivers out. Just a reminder, you have until – the green flag of the race after the all-star race to submit your swaps and you get one swap per per team and you just have to stay under that 80, 80 point value uh, cap. So uh, just keep thinking of that. If you need to submit those swaps, you can uh, either send us a, a note on Twitter, email, or, or reach out to us. Let's move on to the race preview. We got the Pennzoil 400. Presented by Jiffy Lube, and we're going to Las Vegas. Another one of my favorite racetracks on the circuit, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So Zach's facts of the night. I got four quick facts for you. Fact number one, the track was built in 1995, with the first race being held in 1996 by the IndyCar Series. Fact number two, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway has eight different tracks within the, within the speedway and surrounding area. So you have two road courses, a dirt track, a bull ring, which is a paved short track, has a, a drag strip, an off-road course, and a dream racing course. So they wanted to build as many options at this racetrack as possible since it is in Las Vegas and always... In, as in Las Vegas, everything's just bigger there, man. I like that Back. one. That's a good. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, and if you if you pull up the picture on 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 the satellite, you can kind of see all the different courses uh, throughout the infield, especially the road courses. And then um, the dirt track is very famous. You have a lot of NASCAR drivers that will race there on the dirt track, and in the bull ring, that's where Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch uh, kind of kind of got famous and and put their name on the map. So. Uh, it's just cool that it has that many different racetracks within, you know, a little surrounding area. So uh, your fact number three is Mark Martin is the only driver to win in his first start at Las Vegas. So shout out to Mark Martin. I know he liked one of our posts on Twitter. Uh, he he's, appears to be a fan of the Atop the Pit Box podcast. So <laughs> shout out to Mark Martin there. And the last <laughs> fact of the night and I thought this was pretty crazy. So uh, the local police state, the, the police force, the police um, units in Las Vegas use the speedway to train its drivers. So they will practice like pit maneuvers uh, and, and everything else that would just be too dangerous for the streets. But they actually use the speedway to to practice that kind of stuff, which makes sense to me. So, Zach, we've got through all your facts and we are two weeks into this and we've got no deaths are you okay i am purposely avoiding any any death talk has there been facts. an opportunity has there been an opportunity yes, yes. in the Ve first this two is, weeks las vegas is the first racetrack that you could have mentioned something about dying but i am not going to go there you're gonna deprive so, our listeners of 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 a valuable zach's track fact 
Yeah, let's let's just say the IndyCar series no longer races in Las Vegas because of a bad racing accident at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. When you when you think about my race expectations, since I'm so knowledgeable and, and genius when it comes to these racetracks, <laughs> Las Vegas is one of my favorite tracks because it again offers multiple grooves. Uh I will say that the spring race last year was a caution fest. I think that had a lot more to do with a new car and they were still trying to figure out everything with the tires and, and the new setups with the bump stops and all that stuff. So I hope that doesn't happen again because Las Vegas historically is a really fun race. It's a very fast racetrack where momentum is King. You kind of saw it in California where if you, for, you know, whatever reason have to check up or, or you get a little loose in the corner, it takes you an entire straightaway to get kind of back up to speed. So you do lose multiple positions and that will happen at Las Vegas as well. So that's something to pay attention to. And speaking of our boy, Jeff Gluck, again, this spring race in Vegas was the sixth best best race last year at a 90.4% rating or, or vote for yes. So um, I think this is going to be another good race and my expectations are again, pretty high for this. When you look at the driver stats at Las Vegas, historically, Joey Logano leads all average finishers with an 8.5 average finish. Martin Truex Jr. is second at a 10.1. Kyle Busch is third at a 10.8 and Kyle Larson is fourth at an 11.2. So you think, think back about the last, you know, five to 10 years, those guys historically are always up front at Las Vegas. So I'm not surprised with those average finishes. And speaking of the spring race last year, it finished in overtime. It was a, a bumper to bumper type race for the last three laps between teammates. And Alex Bowman actually outdrove his teammate, Kyle Larson and, and won the spring race. Larson finished second, Chastain finished third, Kyle Busch finished fourth. And fast Willie Byron finished fifth, and that was from the spring race last year. All right, so we move into our picks, and we still need to come up with a punishment. So I, we, we're third week. We need to figure this out. We've had the 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 hot wings idea. We've had the the pancake at the Waffle House, or I wish it was the Waffle House, the IHOP. What what other things do we have where we could we could decide this tonight? Well, I just ate at Dave's Hot Chicken last week, and they've got a Reaper sandwich from a first spice level standpoint on the menu. So that would be Did horrible. You try it? God no. Um, I I do know one guy that tried it and he said this, and I think he likes spicy food. He said the spice wasn't too bad going down but the other way was not very pleasant. So um, I feel bad for, for anybody that has to. So, pick so are we going to say that the, are we going to say that the uh, North shaking his head? No, no, nah. nope. <laughs> I, uh, I think we, I think we give it one more week. We'll get a poll out there on Twitter. We need, we need some, some fan interaction here to, to help choose our, our punishment or our prize or whatever you want to call it. Okay, so um, consequence, if, consequence is a good one. So, if we don't have this decided, I think we're gonna just go with the hot chicken sandwich. <laughs> Not getting a lot of buy in here. I got two guys just staring back at me. All right, yeah, just cut out. <laughs> oh, Zach's froze. Oh, that's because Zach froze again. 
I'll get another good picture. We can tweet that one out too. This one's not near as exciting. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so we'll need to just we'll need to figure that out. But looking at last week's results, Zach, you had Eric Jones finish 19th. Norton, you had Kyle Larson, who had a rough day, finish 29th. And my pick, Kyle Bush, gets first. So I win the week. We really should have made wins worth more than one point, but that's okay. So the standings are Zach with one, Josh with one, Norton with zero. And I think if you go the whole year and you don't get one right, then you have to eat a chicken sandwich. A hot chicken <laughs> on sandwich. top, on top of your punishment, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a double that's, punishment. That's, that's the skunk. You gotta, you get skunked the yeah, whole you year. You can say for you too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I have a win, so we're we're good. We're good. So I feel like Ryan Blaney eating a hot chicken sandwich at the end of the year. (laughs) Oh, what a rough day for him. Mm. Uh, We're going to have Zach pick first, then North, then me. So go ahead, Zach, with your pick for Vegas. Well, we've touched on this base or on this quite a bit this season so far. Um, You chose him last week. (laughs) <laughs> he, he had a Didn't dominant long, performance. Huh? I am going to go with Kyle Bush. It's his home track. He's got the momentum. This package is very similar to California from, from what I remember. So I'm just going to shoot my shot now and take Kyle Bush and, and hopefully get another win in the win column for me. All right, Nort. Well, you saved me from t- taking Rowdy. So I guess I'll save him for later. I've already wasted my shot with Kyle Larson. Um, so I'm looking at these driver stats, though, and, and since 2020, Matt Benedetto has the <laughs> second best average at Vegas. <laughs> I would love to take him. But I a, former, a former favorite driver of yours. I, yeah, yeah, I, I can't do it. Uh, I'm going to go with Martin Truex. You think he's going to have a choice? Fixed? You think you ha- he's going to have the, the pit issues fixed this week, huh? I, it just can't continue for him. His no luck's way. got to turn around eventually. All right. Well, I am going to you, I had four drivers and you guys didn't pick any of them. So you didn't help me narrow down my my list. But there is a a driver that's been surprisingly quick these first two races. And I'm gonna go with Alex Bowman. Oh, oh we're gonna try to guess. Yeah, I was. I thought you were gonna pick Ricky Stenhouse, but that was not the guy. I, no, wow. I did not. Uh, it was. It's going to be Alex Bowman. So, I uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to roll with the with the 48. Bowman, the showman for Josh. He's been quick the last couple of weeks, so I think that uh, I think he's got it. So it's it's a good time to use use Bowman. He outdueled Kyle Larson last year at this race. So I really don't know what the strategy is, other than on like speedways you just pick somebody random so i don't know if you guys are if you guys have a strategy you probably don't want to disclose that but i i don't have a strategy i'm just picking i'm in random i'm in three other leagues that have this exact same format that we're running so trying to make sure you can only use a driver twice in 36 weeks it's a crapshoot i used to i used to put a lot of thought into it now it's just roll I mean, do you get towards the end and then you wish that you could take another driver? I feel like there would always be somebody that you haven't picked that you'd be okay with picking, I think. 
usually have your like your restrictor plate tracks where you know you got your super speedway drivers that can surprise you so you you take a a low odd there and road courses like you said the road courses yeah you got your road course drivers short track drivers but you're right with the intermediate tracks it's good luck say the the biggest piece to me is do, do you pick good drivers now and try to build a lead and hope like hope your driver gets lucky and finishes you know ahead of the rest or do you try to space it all out and save some for the end hoping uh, that you're either in the lead or close to it when that time comes. I mean, there's just so many different strategies you could use. Yeah, it will be interesting to see see what happens as we get uh, further into the year and we have to start recycling drivers. So it'll be interesting to see. How nuts is it going to be, though, if Kyle Busch on a new team wins two in a row, especially at his home track to start the year? How crazy would that be? It would be pretty nuts. And and we didn't bring this up before, but I will I will go ahead and call myself out on my bold prediction where I had uh, Kyle Busch, Truex, and Harvick not winning a race. I will be honest with you, of those three drivers, Kyle Busch was the one that worried me the most. I was hoping that we would get, you know, further than two races before my prediction was busted, but he... I was nervous at Daytona and he barely escaped out of there without a, a win. So I'm not surprised that it, uh, that it happened a week later, but I figured I would own up to my, my error. And, uh, I still got two out of the three rights so far though. So. Well, Truex is winning this week. So you're going to lose two <laughs> in the first three weeks of the season. And if Harvard wins the third week, then you guys can, um, then I'm officially just an idiot. So <laughs> if that happens, we're going straight to the casino. <laughs> For sure. So, all right, guys, anything else, anything, any final thoughts? No, I'm, I'm excited for this weekend's race. I mean, it's been a while since I've, I've been looking forward to two races back to back weeks, but I think this is going to be a good race. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. This this past weekend I watched the entire race with my daughter Reagan, who's in the league. She has a team. And uh she the the second the race was over, she wanted to know where she was and when Norton was gonna send out the results. And so she was <laughs> she was ready to go. So hopefully this this week can be just as exciting as as last week. All right, guys. We will uh we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the race. Sounds good. See yep. you later, Josh and Justin. Yeah. The Atop the Pit Box podcast is supported by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. Now is a great time to book a trip to Lake of the Ozarks, and Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They have several modern and fully furnished homes that sleep up to 19 people, so bring your friends and family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation today, visit ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. Your day. I lost my mind. I need my spark.